1: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind, so when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
2: Hey everyone, before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. to apply go to bwhustle.com forward slash join. check out the description box for this episode to find out more but that's bwhustle.com forward/jo spit bars in a re go hot than t- it's got to two two and we've still got more than half an hour to go and here's Ozil, like is that
3: I I Baby, welcome to the party. Uh, I'm off the Myers and That's why I'm over retarded. That's why I'm over retarded. Baby, welcome to the party. Uh, I hit the boy up and then I go skating a Rari. Uh, Baby, welcome to the party. Good-bye. Pick some of that. Give me lit. Give me lit. Got no money. One in the head. A- One in the a-
4: Welcome to another Touchy Gooders podcast. Uh, my name's Lewis. Welcome back, me. Uh, you know, my good friend Dan uh, was was uh, holding down the fort whilst I was uh, away on leave? <laughs> sick leave. Sick leave. Is that where you are? That's sick leave. That's well, a new name for it now. Yeah, yeah sick leave. You know, um, so Dan, thank you very much for doing that. You did a fantastic job. Yeah, but, welcome you know,
5: back,
4: man. Welcome yeah. back. Oh thanks, thanks, thanks for that. Uh we've got uh we've got Sean. How you doing, man?
0: Yeah, all good, man. All good, no problems <laughs> here.
4: And uh we've got a special guest today. Uh we've got Art De Roche from The Athletic. How are you doing, man?
6: Hi guys, thanks for having me. I'm good. Uh hopefully I can bring some good vibes to the podcast uh today, and hopefully those continue on into the uh next weeks and months. We'll see. As
4: long as the vibes are as good as your hair, I think we'll be in good company. <laughs> Cheers. Um, we didn't do uh, a post-match reaction for, on the Patreon this week. So we'll cover the Man City game just um, briefly, I think. I mean, there's there's not too much to say, is there? You know, it's kind of like same old, same old against Man City. Um, but I'll, I'll start with you because um, you're, you're the man in the know you're uh, you're the guy with all the info um how did you how, how did you perceive the the performance against man city did you look at it as like a, a performance where you saw um improvements or uh you, you know from when we've played man city previously i think that's an interesting take
6: i wouldn't say uh, immediately after the game i i would have said i saw improvements i f- uh, from my perspective i felt it was quite a tame performance where Yeah, Manchester City scored the first couple of minutes and it was kind of damage limitations. Although I do feel that in Mikel Arteta starting, Bukayo Saki definitely did want to win that match because when you look at how Saka played in that game in recent weeks, he's been playing mostly off the right, but then him moving back out to that left where he's almost doing the job of a central midfielder in that game, uh, picking up the ball from Bernd Leno at times and linking up with Kieran Tierney. Those two were Arsenal's main threat during the whole game, and if Arsenal do put away one of those ch- those chances, you maybe get a different game. But uh, for me personally, I do feel that, uh, especially with the timing, it was um, it just wasn't the right time to play Manchester City, and I could understand that. Uh, the way the game panned out in a way, and even though uh, it was uh, a smaller goal margin than, than, than we're used to when Arsenal play Manchester City, I don't feel that um, most people would have been encouraged by the performance as on the whole.
4: No, it's, it was an interesting one because I've, again, we're so used to going one nil down to Man City are it, within like the first fight. Is that like the third time in a row it's happened or something like that. Like, you know, it's, it's getting a bit ridiculous now. And it was the softest goal I've seen us concede in quite a while. And, you know, coming for a team that, you know, it's our, is our, uh, it's our niche, it's our niche that we concede soft goals. Um, that was particularly um, embarrassing from, I thought Bellerin and Holden, who were, uh, you know, the, the chuckle brothers back there.
6: Yeah. Uh, the, Sterling had that chance like 30 seconds before that, the one he actually scored as well. He had, uh, Arsenal had a warning ch- uh, shot from him. And then when you see the way, <laughs> the way Sterling rises above Holden for that goal, it, it's just, uh, I don't know what was going through his head, whether, whether he fought, whether he didn't know if Sterling was there, but then, how can you not know when that's your man or yeah. even Bellerin just covering across simple things. But, um, honestly, uh, hopefully that was just uh, a lapse that we won't see again, or, well, you can say that it's Arsenal. We probably will <laughs> see it
5: again, but, um, very wishful yeah. thinking, man. Yeah.
6: Very wishful. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, um, hopefully the, uh, the defense is, uh, more solid in the, in the future.
4: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I think it's a it, because of the early goal, we don't quite know. You you get that kind of chicken and the egg kind of conversation with. Well, you know, what did our performance improve? You know, did we like grow into the game because we were better, or did Man City just be like, look, this is a piece of piss, really? You know, it's a walk in the park. Arsenal are not really going to hurt us. We don't really have to play, um, in any more than first or second gear. Sean, uh, Dan, you got any insights into, you know, uh, Man City's performance and, and and our performance and, you know, what was the reasoning for us coming more into the game?
5: Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's, it's definitely frustrating, I think, to concede so early because I feel like in these big games... Um, you sort of want to keep it as tight as possible for as long as possible, especially when you're playing, you know, probably the best team in the land um, in Man City. So it's very difficult. I find it very difficult to evaluate a match when, you know, the, the opposition goes ahead um, immediately. It's the same against... I think it's very similar to Aston Villa game where, you know, I think people were very um, positive about our, um, our build-up, etc. But, you know, that's within the context of being 1-0 down for you Know 89 minutes of, mm. of, of a 90 minute match, you know. So it's a uh, you, you can't really ever tell how the match was going to be if it was nil nil by you know 25 minutes, 30 minutes. Um, because the opposition they've got they've got a lead to defend, you know, they know that they, the onus isn't really on them, um, to, to go forward and attack. So, you know, I feel like the game state is completely different and it's completely shifted as soon as you, um, Start, start so poorly. So I think, you know, it is, it is definitely frustrating because, you know, there were elements of this performance that I did like. Um, I feel like we were very um, composed at the back when, when trying to build up. And I feel like that's one of the things that we have been really quite good at this season is building out from the back. Um, I think, you know, against Villa, against Wolves um, and in this game, as well, you know, we we've been able to get up the pitch and into the final third quite effectively, um, and I think Man City are a really good pressing side. So I think that shows how far um, we've come. Um, but you know, I I always felt in this match that if City decided to go up a couple of gears, then we'd be we'd be done for, you know. So um, I don't want to get too carried away with oh yeah, Arteta's you know coaching this that and the other, but yeah, um, it's 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 frustrating to see because if you tell me that's. Uh, the goal that we lose by is from holding losing his marker in the box. I would tell you that the sky is blue, kind of thing. So you know, it's a it's a wonder that this guy um, is still starting games for for Arsenal Football Club. Don't say that too loudly, Dan. Yeah, well, mm. I'm probably going to get 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 it in the neck for
4: saying yeah. that. Now, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you will. It's it, it's the eleventh time this season that Arsenal have gone behind in a in a Premier League game. And out of those 11 games where we've gone behind, we've taken a grand total of four points, one win and one draw. Um, Sheldon, what do you think it is with our inability to um, come back from behind and, and chase a game? Because I thought we did a really shoddy job of I, I know Man City are a very, very difficult team to face. They're, they're the best team in probably in Europe. But by quite a distance right now, aren't they? But I just feel like, you know, last 15 minutes, why not give it a go? Like, what? what, what who cares if you lose 2-0? What's the difference between losing 2-0 and 1-0? There, there is no difference, right? And if you snatch a lucky goal at the end, then more credit to you for, for forcing issue. But we don't seem to be able to do that. And that's a few times against Man City now where, you know, in the previous game, at the start of the season, I think it was, where we lost 1-0, it was the same situation. We didn't throw caution to the wind. And is this an Arteta thing or is this, you know, we just don't have the equality to um, to really hurt City?
0: So so I think on, you know, on, on the game against City, just generally, um, I felt the same, you know, when we played City at the back end of last year at the Etihad. That was the um, game, sorry. Yeah, the, yeah, the, ga- the games against them, they, te- they look like as if they're quite tame. But I feel also like Arteta is so keen... To prove himself, you know, whenever he plays Pep, that uh, you know, that from tactically they both seem to try to cancel each other out. They'll be like, okay, I'll build up from here, you know, okay, maybe we'll use a three and build up instead of a four, I'll station Jaka back here. Um, so yeah, that they they're always so like, you know, I remember at the Eti had he tried William Fox 9 <laughs> as well. So it, they, they always seem to be trying to do different things against each other, you know, to try to try to one up each other. Cause Arteta doesn't really try this, I don't think, against um, other coaches generally. But yeah, generally, I mean, I, I wasn't, I didn't expect much from the game. So us losing wasn't a shock. Um, and I kind of hate playing City anyway, because we generally never tend to lay a glove on them generally anyway. So I just feel like we're trying to be what they are, but we're just a much, much worse version. So, you know, it, 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 this thing, it comes down to quality makes a big, big difference. And, and they have it across all layers of the pitch, and we don't. Um, to your point about, you know, um, Arsenal not being able to come back when we're a goal behind. I think that's a general theme under Arteta. We've, six, we've, um,
4: just before you go on, Sean, just six goals scored when in losing positions yeah, this season. I,
0: I, I, one of the things that annoys me about Arteta as well, before he switched back to the 4-2-3 one, was that, you know, with the 3-4-3-4-3-3 hybrid, was that we were so... The formation was so risk averse. We, we had only really one, you know, real way of playing, you know, where we tended to build up from the back and we tried to draw opponents in before finding Oba on the left. But, you know, since we've moved to the, the 4-2-3-1, we found a, a few more, you know, different solutions, having more centrality to our play, having people in the half spaces, which we necessarily didn't before. But just generally, I think this is possibly one of his, his big, big weak points, because I think I read that... Um, after the 75th minute under to we've only scored like two goals this season uh, domestically. So we have a real problem, you know, with just scoring late goals generally. So that maybe that points to, you know, bad subs. He hasn't found a way, you know, to have the subs have an impact for us. Do you know, I mean, how many games can you think, you know, where you're like, oh, this club came on and he made a big, big difference to us going forward. It hasn't really happened a lot. So I think as a new coach that's um, and we've been saying that, remember, we said that probably around this time last year as well. So it seems an area of his game that of management, sorry, that he, he really needs to improve upon. So hopefully, well, he needs to, basically, he, he needs to find new solutions because it just feels like you said, it feels like we never really throw caution to the wind whenever we're losing or or even when we're drawing, you know, if you think back to that Benfica game last week as well, it was 1-1, but the last 15, 20 minutes we've didn't really have a shot on goal so it ended so so meekly so it's a trend under him and and that's something he really really needs to improve on going forward
4: yeah um are um how do you grade Arteta's tenure so far because it, it to me it kind of looks like um you know a, a managerial reign that's had like lots of volatility you know we started off quite well then obviously the start of the season was, well, we started the season quite well with a few wins. And then obviously we had that ridiculous run of defeats. Then, you know, he, he picked up a few wins and now we're back on a losing streak. It's, it's, it's as volatile as the stock market at the moment. How do you rate Arteta's tenure thus far? And like, if you were to give like a grade, uh, what, what would you be thinking?
6: Yeah. If I I know schools have changed to number grades now, but I'm, they have. But, I was
4: so shocked yeah. to find that out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
6: but I, but I, I I came out of school and it was still letter grade. So I'll stick with that. <laughs> um, And I, I think at the minute, what are we uh, 14, 15 months in, I'd yeah. probably give him a C average kind of grade, because even though, his uh, tenure has seen very extreme highs and lows. I do feel, in in the main, he has been okay as a as a coach, as a head coach, and then manager. Of course, we've got to remember uh, just how much he has taken on personally in his first coaching role, where he he takes charge of Arsenal. Then come the pandemic comes, and with that, he he copes well in the summer uh, before. Uh, the season ended, of course, uh, in terms of just finding a way to get results quickly, move into that 3-4-3, uh, as, uh, as was mentioned earlier. But then I think after that, that's where we probably should have seen uh, a move back to that more traditional 4 at the back, 4, two, three, one, four three, three, whatever you want to call it. And we didn't see that early enough, I don't feel, because when you look at how Uh, Emile Smith-Rowe, for instance, was managed in the first half of the season. I do feel that he could have been introduced a lot earlier, uh, especially considering um, the issues that Arsenal were having with that 3-4-3 system, where a lot of the attacks were coming down the wide areas and just became extremely, extremely predictable, especially with the way Hector Bellerin and Willian were just kind of (laughs) playing the ball back and forth between each other on that right wing. I think uh, seeing that, although Emil Smith-Rowe had his shoulder injury at the start of the season, once he was back fit from that, I think he should have just been thrown in in the Premier League um, where he may have had a, maybe a smoother transition and been thrown in against Chelsea on mm-hmm. boxing day. Um, so yeah, I think in the main he's had um, an okay, <laughs> an okay tenure so far, not, exceptional by any means as there are still areas where he needs to improve like his substitutions and his in-game management but i do feel that he hasn't been helped with some some things such as injuries as well as just the, uh how condensed the fixture list is because uh, when you look at how his teams are actually setting up there are times a lot of a lot of the times where um he, he actually does well in taking arsenal to the final third and then what happens in the final third you can't really control yeah. and maybe it's albamian missing a chance or stuff i don't i don't want to speak too much oh, on no, that. No, no. but yeah. um but yeah i think um a c would probably be what i'd grade his uh, tenure so far
4: c? fair enough um Sean Dan uh well I'll go to you Dan first uh is C h- how are you feeling about that C grade from art? Like uh go, give us your give us your artist
5: critique. Wait, um I, I think I think C is it's fair enough, right? I think, and, and and I'll be, I'll try and be balanced here, right? Because um, you know, early in this season, I've I've almost lost my voice, you know, shouting at the TV, <laughs> you know, shouting shouting into WhatsApp. My voice notes, you know, Sharon's been banging out prayer prayer um, points and sermons and whatnot in the WhatsApp group. and, and so you know, emotions have. They're working been, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they're working <laughs> for sure, man. But um, you know, emotions have been high. But I think just looking at, I guess, the first season. In context, I think you know, um, the team itself under Una Emery was looking like they were a bunch of jokers. You know, I don't think there were there was any um, centre backs there that anyone thought could be relied upon. Um, I don't think you know anyone thought that we were um anywhere near good enough, I think, to achieve anything last year. For Europe, Europe looked um completely out of the question. Um, so I think when you know we go and play Man City and Chelsea in a final, we win. Um, You do have to give him uh, some credit credit for that. Um, But I think what uh, that then meant is that people sort of went into this season with a bit more hope, because we've seen him do, um, I guess, what most people would consider, you know, miraculous work in getting something out of the likes of Mustafi, Holding, and. David Luiz, right? But then, you know, looking at how this season has gone, I, I, I do admit there are some extenuating circumstances around this season, you know. Um, whether you want to blame him for not being able to, you know, bring in a number 10 to replace Ozil, um, you know, I think that's something that has definitely held the team back, um, especially in that first half of the year before we're able to, you know, uh, bring Emil smith Rowan or Martin Odegaard in. Um, and I, and I just feel like you can't look past our league performance um, and those games where you know we we went through such a, a torrid run um, of results. So with, with in saying that, like if we if we're looking at what he's done so far, you know a C a C I think is 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 probably fair given the extenuating circumstances. But you know. I feel like everyone, everyone, every club this season has had extenuating circumstances. You know, I was reading stuff um, t- uh, today about oh yeah, he's not had a, his first, he's not had a full preseason. You know, but literally every single club um, has not had a, a full pre-season. You look at Man United; they actually played um, longer after us in the Europa League, We've got to the semi final that that competition, um, and they they started the season a week after us. But you know, they're flying. Uh, in the table, not, not necessarily flying, I would say, but they're where they're expecting to be or probably above where they're expecting to be. Um, and I don't think their manager is as talented a coach um, as as what we have uh, at Arsenal. So I look at it and I'm just like, has he really made us achieve above the sum of our parts? And I have to say no, you know. Um, I feel like they're, they're definitely things that have been out of his control whether you put the transfers on him, I don't think you can. There was a, I think the club has to hold a lot of responsibility for the way, you know, they've handled the sacking of Raul, uh, promotion of Edu and all of these things that were happening in summer and how much that has affected our ability to do business. Um, so I feel like we've got this summer massively wrong and that has been, had the biggest impact um, on our season. I think the one thing that I would hold... Um, Like solely at the feet of Arteta is, you know, the signing of that that guy Willian um, and the persistence in playing him uh, so much despite poor performances. Because I feel like you know people can rationalize any signing. You know, I think when Liverpool were linked to Mustafi, you know, you were seeing tweets being like, oh, he's got the range of passing, he's got this, that, and the other. Do you know what I mean? You can rationalize it and you can think why and you can think about the logic about why the club would want to pick a player and whatnot, right? Clubs get things wrong in the transfer market. And, you know, you can hold your hands up and say, you know, there's there's every single club has got something wrong uh, in the transfer market. People talk about, you know, Jurgen Klopp and how good he's done. But, you know, they still have Naby Keita's there. They still got Ragnar Klavans. They still got Lloris Karius's there that have been, you know, big flops for them. So um, I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, the signing of Willian um, in and of itself is horrible, but I feel like starting him and playing him, for 14 of your first 15 games, um, giving him minutes over the likes of Reese Nelson, Martinelli, Nicolas Pepe, I think has been it's it's, it's been poor. You know those mm. are poor decisions, right? And I feel like persistence with these type of players. Lacazette was in terrible form for a long time this season. He was starting every match. William shocking, not contributed a single thing to our, um, our our Premier League campaign bar the first game. And he's he's probably made you know top five for starts. For, for, for us this year so i think these things have definitely been in his control yeah. and i think that they have cost us they've cost us points
4: they have because um i think when you look at the league table uh should we call it post esr involvement or post willian exclusion however you want to put it post 4 one you know there was quite a few factors there um i think we're fifth in the form table I think uh, six wins, two draws and three defeats. And, you know, a couple of those defeats are, you know, they were a bit they were a bit dodgy. And I think in all of those games, we were, um, I would say we were the better team in practically all of those games. Maybe the Man United game was quite even. Uh, Chelsea game was quite even, I guess. But I think we still had the best of it. Um, but in all those games, I thought we were the better team, which we couldn't have said for the, you know, the first part of the season where you know we were practically getting out played from for, for most of those games and just des- and thoroughly deserved to lose a lot of those games as well. Um, Sean, um, I'll get wait, Dan, did you give your grade? You said C's fine, yeah? C minus. C minus. All right, all right, okay, okay. Sean, uh, how do you feel about the C's? Yeah,
0: yeah. I was I was gonna damn beat me to it. I was gonna say C minus as well, okay. um, for, for a lot of the reasons he alluded to um so I'm not trying to denigrate you know the FA Cup it was great to win again um last year and it obviously it got us back into Europe again um because we finished eighth last season so yeah do you know what I mean winning the FA Cup was key to us to to play European League football again believe it or not so um I, I can't I can't frown upon that I think my my main frustrations with Arteta t- tend to come just through you know how I look at it through you know process um and I liked what he did when he first came, you know, with the 4-2-3-1, you know, with Ozil at 10, but how he was using him in the right back. Sometimes it was Aisley Maitland-Niles as an additional midfielder. He had Jacker tucked in deep. He had Saka, who was playing left back at the time, but pushed up very high in build-up. So there were, like, you know, some decent tweaks there, which I thought, OK, I can get behind this and I can see where this would improve with better personnel, better players. Um, but then, you know, after after lockdown, um, you know, uh, yeah, when Corona first hit and we, we went into lockdown, and then obviously he changed that, um, you know, with, with the 3-4-3-4-3-3 four, four, hybrid um, uh, with, with, you know, Tierney at the left center back. And I just felt the way we were approaching games, that formation isn't necessarily bad. It just depends on how you deploy it. Right. So it wasn't necessarily bad. It was just how we were using it. We weren't winning games. We weren't, you know, having a lot of shots in games, we were winning games by fine margins. And um, I looked at it and obviously it was a means to an end. It got us to the end of the season and it got us to win the FA Cup. But if you look at actually how we played during that period, it wasn't very sustainable at all. And that was my worry going into, into um, the following, se- into this season, basically. And I was, because I predicted us that we would finish sixth. I said that was our ceiling. I said we wouldn't finish any higher than that, partly due to the quality, but partly just due to what we were doing um, it just, it, it didn't look like it was, it wasn't a sustainable way of paying. It wasn't going to yield results long-term. Do you know what I mean? So, and you know, we had the protracted long sorrow of our of in the summer and our would have been great if we could have got him, but I was, what annoyed me more was was the case of, okay, cool. You can't get our, but surely our can't be your only solution to, you know, her of finding a decent way to attack. Do you know what I mean? So you need to have, have different lanes, find different solutions. You know, all we were doing at that time was, you know, the, um, drawing opponents in and, and, you know, luring them into a trap and springing onto Oba so you could uh, isolate one on one with somebody. But it wasn't sustainable. And you know, once teams worked out that was our only trick, they stopped it. And you know what I mean. And, and that's where our bad, our bad, bad run of form started to come in. And you know, we were talking about Arteta needing to do better to find solutions. But don't get me wrong, we've all said this squad needs a lot of improvement. It needs a lot of work. However. You know, those periods where we were losing, we were like 14, 15. The squad isn't that bad, I'm sorry. It's not that bad, you know what I mean? A lot of players that are still here were there when we got to the Europa League final, do you know what I mean? So it's not that bad. Don't get me wrong, it's not, in my opinion, top-four quality. However, Arsenal, at worst, in my opinion, should be 10th. We shouldn't be any lower than 10th, in my opinion. So, um, so yeah, I was, I was quite down on him, especially, you know... He eventually then switched to the forty-three one, but you know he was using Lacazette as a ten, Joe Willock as a ten. These guys are not nominal tens, you know. They don't offer that, you know, half space option, dropping in, linking up, combining with you know the, the wingers and stuff as well. So it looked to me like somebody who was scrambling, and and that to me was you know a big big red flag. Um, a manager, in, in my opinion, he should have the way of playing from the get go, and he should stick to that, and you know buy players that fit that system necessarily, and and God knows what. William was supposed to do, you know, when he talked to he, William, he talked about, you know, maybe you can pay him in a 10, but those people like Williams never really played as a 10. So it, it, it just didn't add up. And William is not really, I mean, the less said about that guy, the better. But yeah, just generally, there were so many question marks, you know, and also the squad management, his use of certain players, like, don't get me wrong, like Dan said, he did well to rehabilitate some people. But if you're still going to be relying on holding and a jack a long term then you're never going to make it out of the hood i'm sorry do you know what i mean like, you like you need you just need to do better we need to do better we need to buy better um so i'm sorry like i, I just some of his decisions for me have been very very questionable and um yeah i i feel like if you go <laughs> yeah it's it's um i still think yeah the jury's out on him in my opinion so there, there's there's a lot to to question he's done he's done some good things but i think For me, at this moment in time, I'm left with more questions than answers, and I don't think that's
1: a good thing. See, for me, Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money instant karma is sponsored by credit karma no purchase necessary exclusions and terms apply c rules banking services provided by mvb bank incorporated member fdic maximum balance and transfer limits apply
4: i think a c is an interesting answer because if we lose tomorrow c minus by the way c minus is
0: very close to a d c minus
4: okay <laughs> because if we lose tomorrow which we're, we're going to talk about that game uh where does your grade change if Arsenal were to exit the Europa League tomorrow? Because, in my opinion, if we lose tomorrow, he has to go. <laughs> I, 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 I don't, f- I, that might sound a bit crazy to some, and you know, like, but I just think it's a must win game. Our season kind of depends on it. And if we can't get into Europe next season because we've gone out to Benfica, already we already went out to Olympiacos last year, you know, I, I I find it very hard to justify him staying in the job. Um, I, I don't know how do you feel about that.
6: I understand the feeling why you'd feel he would have to go if Arsenal do lose tomorrow, because especially when you. Factor in the fact they lost to Olympiakos last year and couldn't get past the round of thirty-two. I think even when he when you look at Unai Emery's time in charge, he managed he still managed to get to the the final of the Europa League and had had said Klasnac squared that ball earlier on in that first half. Arsenal might have went on to get something in that game, but in terms of Mikel Arteta, uh, personally, I feel that Arsenal wouldn't. Want to have a knee-jerk reaction, even if Arsenal do lose tomorrow. In terms of the way the club has gone since Arsene Wenger's left, um, it's been a whirlwind, especially in the past twelve months. Where you look at the um, the whole uh, wage cut episode in April last year, uh, and then how um, things changed with the redundancies in the summer. How. Mikel Artest has become manager rather than just head coach, and he's having to do a lot more um, than he was doing beforehand. And I think in in the way that how they stuck by him, whether rightly or wrongly in people's opinions, in that uh, really poor spell of form in the autumn slash winter, whatever you want to call it, um, they, don't, they wouldn't want to uh, just leave him basically Mm -hmm. I think they want to see it through they gave him um, a longer contract than Unai Emery got at the start of his term Unai Emery got two years with with an option of a third I believe Mm -hmm. and Arteta got three and a half years straight away and I think that just tells you where they they feel that he can take them of course it's it's down to him to take them there Uh, but I don't feel that they would want to have another well Unai Emery wasn't a knee-jerk reaction because of what what built up to that decision. Yeah. But I don't think they just want to chop and change like Manchester United have done, for instance, since um, Sir Alex Ferguson left in 2013. And obviously now with Ole and Solskjaer, they've kind of stuck to one guy for a good period of time. But um, I don't feel that Arsenal would want to go in the, a similar direction to them.
4: Interesting. Um Guys, what do, what do you think about that? Would you would your grades dramatically change if we exit tomorrow? Um, because for it, me, you go from C straight down to an F. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you um, because I, I do understand that that point, and I, and I, I agree with Art in the sense that the club they basically they can't sack him, you know. Because yeah,
4: I agree with you, that. I agree. I, I don't think the club will. I just yeah. think in terms of what I would. Maybe if I was running the club, I don't know, but you know, it's yeah. easy to say that, isn't it? Because but...
5: I feel like I feel like the and, and I said this as well. Um, I think back when we were in, you know, November December time, that, that that awful run of form. That you know, the club has basically they've doubled down on this guy and they've put all their hopes on his shoulders. Right, so they they actually cannot sack him because they have said, right, we are willing to give this guy time. It doesn't matter about the results. Um, but I think. The thing that comes with that is, you know, it's hard for fans to sign up to that sort of logical thinking because we don't see any of the other stuff that happens, you know, behind the scenes, etc. We see the results, and we see, you know, William playing every week and stinking the joint out, etc. We see that the club is in eleventh, and we see going out to Olympiakos and then potentially going out to to Benfica. Um, so. I guess on, 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 on that basis, for me, I'd feel like we're in eleventh place uh with twenty-five games played. Yeah. We uh this is this is hypothetically going out to Benfica, yeah. So we've now gone out to a team that I feel we are far superior than um as well. And I think that was evidenced by the first leg. I know people were, you know, worried about the team. I was one of them, um, worried about all oh, Benfica, they got some weapons and stuff, but they, they just look they just look poor. They look like a, a very, very poor team. You know, so if we do go out to them, I think it would be like it would be nothing short of a disgrace personally, because you know, we are far stronger than them. We don't really have that like many injuries. We're not severely weakened. I guess Thomas Party is a a doubt for the match. And so with the players that we have available, um, well, I know Rob Holding uh, starting centre back, is is out, so that that is a bit of a blow. Um but
4: we can say is a bit of a plus.
5: <laughs> <laughs> it's it it very sarcastic there, but um, you know, but but really and truly, we should go there and and beat this team and go through comfortably. Um, so you know, I think that would be a shock result. And then you have to look at it and say, well, if we are completely, if he's staying, that means we're literally completely ignoring the results for the whole season, right? They're saying that the results don't matter. Um, whatsoever because we could conceivably finish in the bottom half this year out of Europe, no Europe for next year and out of Europe to a very poor side so you know if the manager keeps his job then what sort of message are you saying? Are you, I get yes fine you're saying that um, he has your full back in there's no way you're going to sack and we have faith but then next season what are the expectations because if he carries on performing like this you can't say, oh, yeah, it's a surprise um, that, you know, if, say, next season we find ourselves in 10th at Christmas or something like that, um, 10 points off 10, top four, you can't then say, oh, yeah, it's a surprise, we thought he was going to do much better because all the evidence literally points to us not being good. Do you know what I mean? So um, I guess if they don't... when it, I know they're not going to sack him, and if they don't sack him... Um, I, I would be very interested to know how the club operate this summer. Is there going to be significant financial backing of this man? Um, and if there is, what are the genuine expectations for next season? Because the only way I can see it being acceptable that he keeps his job is if the club is certain that next year we're going to get in the Champions League places or we're going to be in and around, um, in and around you know, th- those positions.
4: Maybe that's something Art could um, shed some light on. Like, what what do you think? What would um, an exit from the Europa League and, and not qualifying for any European competition? Well, I guess we could qualify for that Europa conference, conference thing, right? <laughs> that that's a that, that might be something to look forward to. Yeah, I'll, I'll to need to. That.
6: Yeah, I'll need to find out who sponsors that, so I could I could think of another. It's probably us. It's probably Touchline <laughs> yeah.
4: Frackers who sponsor it. We're, we're, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but
6: in, in terms of what happens if um, if Arsenal don't get Europe next season, I'm I'm speaking honestly. I'm not sure what would happen. Um, I think that looking from the outside in, as just someone who reports on the club, I do think that they would, as Dan said, still try to go forward with him because of how much they have maybe figuratively backed him so far is the right way to put it because of just how confident they were to appoint him it was a very brave decision to do that whether it was right or wrong in people's opinions they can make their own minds up i'm not here to 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 baby them into what decision they think is right but um i think that just how Keen they were to get him through the door, with those uh, meetings with Vinai late night in Manchester, uh, interviewing for the interviewing him for the job when Aston Wenger left. I think they desperately want to see this work. If that means no Europe next season, then maybe so be it. If there's um, a lighter fixture schedule, he won't have that excuse of condensed fixtures, and it may. Uh, be something that helps him in the end we will have to find out when we get there but uh, from a personal point of view I'd come I'd understand why people would want him to to leave if if Arsenal don't make European football next season but again we've seen how other clubs Manchester United Chelsea for example have dealt with that situation and uh, come through that the other side
4: yeah yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, Sean, any any additional thoughts on to what Art has just uh, has just said there?
0: Yeah, I mean, I hear what the guys are saying. I don't think, they get, regardless of the result, he's not going to go. Like, do you know, what I mean, I feel like they've completely put all their eggs into one basket with him. Uh, the fact that they make him manager is, is is a testament to that, which I think was a pretty silly decision anyway as well. But you know, they've made it now, so so it is what it is. So yeah, I, I feel like if regardless of the results, tomorrow, if you do stick with him then you need to back him heavily do you know what I mean you have to because you put all your stock into him so there's no point in saying oh cool we're gonna you know still stick with you but you're not gonna have any money to spend in the summer because then we're just still gonna be in the same um position I mean generally if you ask me for my opinion I think there's definitely a conversation to be had if we go out tomorrow because you know we went out to Olympiacos who we were far superior than last year we we're gonna and if we go out to Benfica who were a far superior side then do you know what I mean like it's uh it's a question to be had you, you look at like, do you know what I mean? It's not with this sort of process results versus results versus thing. Um, it's a mixture. You need to be showing improvement. Um, and you also need to get results at the end of the day. It's results business. Arsenal have lost 11 games, league games this season. That's catastrophic. We've won more league games than we've won. Do you know what I mean? So we sit in the bottom half of the table currently, uh, whatever way you want to look at it, that is catastrophic. Do you know what I mean? So, and that's not, I'm bearing in mind, We've still got another 30. We're likely going to lose more games before the end of the season. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I, I I think he has, like I said, I think he has a lot of questions to to answer for. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't, if, if they did get rid of him, I, I, I wouldn't bat an eyelid. I wouldn't be crying any tears over it. So, yeah, I think he's, I think he has to show more. Um, I think he's had, he's lucky also he's had, the, the COVID situation has meant there's not fans in the stadium. Do you know what I mean, I think pre- I think possibly he's actually not even been given that much of a hard ride from the media. Um, fans, it, the lack of fans in the stadium has, has you know, I mean, helped him as well. So, whatever it is, basically, if he keeps his job next season, he's going to be under immense pressure, especially if obviously, as the government have announced, there's going to be fans back in the stadium next season as well. and ten thousand. Uh, for the final day of the season, so yeah, so he's got a lot to
4: answer for. Well, he said today he's looking forward to the fans coming back, so <laughs> maybe he shouldn't be wishing those things upon himself if he do not Granite
6: Shaka said he can't wait for fans. As oh, well. I bet he can. <laughs> I bet he can.
4: <laughs> uh, le- anyway, let's let's try keep it positive vibes, right? Let, let's let's try move on some positive stuff, right? Because we've immediately gone into this conversation of, oh, what if we lose? You know, what happens if we lose tomorrow? I don't think we're going to lose. Okay. I think we're a better side than Benfica. Yes. The draw away from home or whatever, the neutral ground was a disappointing result on the context of the game. Um, I know Dan disagrees with me at this. I don't think it was a terrible result. Um, I think before the game, if you'd offered me a one, one draw. Yeah. Yeah. I may have taken it because I feel like I, in the, in, in the second leg, we'll have too much quality for them. And, I don't, I can't see a Bam Yang missing those chances again, personally. Um, so I'm cautiously optimistic, um, that we will win tomorrow. Uh do you have any, um, any ideas on, uh, the sort of team that we'll be going for? You know, there's obviously Partey's back in training today, was it, or was it yesterday? God, I'm not too sure. It's um, all right today was it yeah um uh, we were having a debate in the group chat today about whether um, and we we posted a tweet on uh, twitter on um uh, uh, a poll on twitter sorry about um whether Partey should start i'm very much of the opinion that i feel like Partey should start because tomorrow is our cup final of the season so far you know it's a must-win game um if Partey plays my mildly cautious optimism then goes up some more i feel like we're 90 sure of winning the game if Partey plays so i'd be inclined just to start him because and then just rest him in the league the league's done you know what we're going to get out of the league anymore so that's my opinion i think Partey should start do you have any um uh you know personal thoughts on that and then and, and any uh information as to whether you think Partey will start or not
6: yeah personally i think i completely understand why you want him to start he's Completely different to all our other, all Arsenal's a little slip there, Or Arsenal's other midfielders, where, yeah, where he can quite literally do everything. I know when he first came over, a lot of people just mistook him for one of those PNP midfielders. but he's actually got good technique. People are finally seeing now with his range of pass as well. Um, That being said, I, I, I'm, I'm just a bit cautious of throwing him straight back in with the injury record he's had so far this Mm -hmm. season. I know Tottenham was the kind of main example of uh, what happens when you throw a player in too soon. And for me, I felt that Danny Ceballos actually played quite well in the first Mm -hmm. leg where,
4: <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> can you say that a bit louder for Dan, please? Because uh, did, did you think that as well? <laughs> no, I, I I love Sabayas I think Sabayas right. is a great player, yeah. but Danny, he doesn't he he like Sabayas You see, so no. and, and if he fit... refuses to give him any yeah. credit whatsoever. So, uh, speak on, speak on. I'll I'll, I'll even yeah. loud your mic a little bit. Okay? All right, cool. <laughs> Just cool, so cool. people can. Should hear I you. preach for, for Dan. Yeah, 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 preach, preach.
6: So yeah, wh- well, when you look at the game, watch the game back. A Bamiyang's chance where he misses in the six yard box that comes from Ceballos' long, his through ball into Hector Bellerin. Then the goal comes from another kind of flicked ball around the corner as well. And I think, uh, even though he can hold on to the ball too, too long at times, uh, there are times where he actually has that quality where he can split defenses with his passes. And I think. Uh, against Benfica, especially with the high line that they play, he could be of use. Um, And then if um, Thomas Partey is fit and ready, he can just come on in the second half, I believe. But yeah, it's a a bit of a risk, I know, to maybe uh, hedge your bets on Partey coming on in the second half because you never know what's going to happen in the first half. Uh, Aside from that, I think as... Was the case last season, it's going to be a very strong team. It has to be. It's our Arsenal's most important game of the season. Okay. The one thing I, I'm just quite wary of is how um, fit the players will be. Because if you remember back to um, last season, it was Olympiakos, Everton, Olympiakos, And Arteta almost played a full-strength side in all three of those games where... In the first leg against Olympiacos, Arsenal just scraped a 1-0 win. Then they they needed Aubameyang to score twice to beat Everton on the weekend. And by the time the second leg comes around, they're playing in an extra time and he's shattered when the ball comes to him on that volley and he misses. And everyone forgets that he scored those two goals on the weekend. And I think just factoring in how much football he's played, how much Football, because has played uh, it's just a bit it leaves me a bit cautious for what can happen even though I am optimistic that Arsenal will have the quality to see themselves through with uh, Emil Smith as well um, and other players coming back like T- Kieran Tierney but, but um, for me um, uh, I, I do feel that uh, Arsenal should should get through through to the next stage.
4: Yeah. Um D- Dan, uh what are you thinking on uh on what Arch just said, eh? Uh, how, how are you feeling about that Sabaos praise? praise Sorry, you couldn't yeah. even look at the couldn't even look at the <laughs> computer, mate. Couldn't even look, yeah. you're looking down. Yeah, don't, don't don't worry about that.
5: Don't worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> um but I'm not I'm not as down on Sabias as you think, Lewis. Yeah. I just feel like um... Definitely not up on him. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not up on him. Like, I think, I think the guy does, he does have quality, and, and I understand, you know, people saying, you know, he was our best player, um, in the first leg, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I don't think, you know, I, my criticism was really around his, his actual ball playing, right? It's more the speed at which he plays is what I find very frustrating. I think he's, he's solid technically, you know, um, when it, when he's like on it. You know, his passing can be very good. And as we saw in this match, he played a few nice passes, as, as, as you described, Art. But my main issue with the performance was I, th- I just wanted us to play the play so much faster than what we were actually um, doing. I feel like his first game back after being out of the team, he always, always, always plays two-touch and he looks really good, right? We saw it against Leeds. Um, I think it's probably easier to play, like, quickly against Leeds because they're always pressing you. Um, and in that game um they basically played without a midfield um to be honest they they, they pretty much let us run wherever wherever we wanted which i think suits the boss but in that in that game against benfica where you know they were pretty much you know not really pressing they were sitting off us um and trying to condense the space it was really compact i felt like we could have penetrated them a lot easier if you know those passes were coming uh, a couple of seconds earlier than they were. So I, I'm not going to say yeah he played badly, he had a bad game. But I I, I just feel like it could have been even better given um, the level of you know technique that the guy has. And I personally feel like in this game I've got slightly different opinion to Lewis on this. That I I wouldn't even play um, party for this. I I I still think that you know we have enough to get through this match without party and i feel like if you know as you saw against spurs we have another issue where you know he has to come off early his his injury uh, flares up again then we're going to really regret doing that When, you know, just to beat a side like Benfica, I feel like if it's a a Man United, you're going to knock out a a big hitter in the competition or something like that. I would 100% agree. But I actually just feel like we have enough to get through this match. And yeah, I know people do have a bit of a bad feeling about this Olympiacos last year, but I feel like we should actually go through here. And I expect us to go through here with or without um party. And then I feel like with the Europa League games coming up, um, you know, I'd like to see him be fit for for all of those ones, you know, I might I might be, you know, counting my chickens, um, before they come home to roost and, you know, but, but I, I just, I just feel like, you know, we should be going through here without, without him. So, yeah.
4: Sean, party in or out?
0: <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I actually don't know. I, I no, do you know what? I agree with Dan. We should have, I want to protect party just generally, like,
4: um, you know, I've got more faith than I do. I
0: no, no. just, just, just I because you know sometimes when when you come back from injury, you pick up other like niggling injuries, like it can just be hard to shake off an injury. So I just I don't want to unnecessarily rush it if, if we don't need to. And I, I agree with Dan, we have enough to beat Benfica without him. Um so yeah, I'll just I'll just do Jacques Sabayos again and, and and we should um I, I'm not as confident as you guys. Let me not lie. I think it's just because I suffer from, from Arsenal PTSD. I've seen too many of these bad nights, especially in Europe. So, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, that yeah. It should even...
4: actually be like a, a real life mental disorder, shouldn't it? Like uh, it, it Arsenal is, PTSD. Is. It Arsenal really PTSD be. Is definitely. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think I'm we just... should apply it to like the British psychiatric, whatever it is, and ask <laughs> them to put that on because I'm pretty sure we're all pretty PTSD'd up at this point with it's,
0: Arsenal. It's, it's, it's Pete, yeah. I, and like I said, generally, on paper, we should win. We're better. We have a better team. But, you know, listen, how many times have we seen Arsenal with better players, better teams Just lose to trash? So, um, Plenty yeah. Plenty of
4: times this season.
0: It, well, <laughs> alone, exactly. <laughs> this season alone is the perfect example. So, yeah. Um, I'm going to say yeah. 2-1 cautiously. Yes. But, yeah, yeah. Mm. I'm, I'm not saying that with chest. So I'm not no, confident.
4: Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I didn't hear any chest. much. One, one, <laughs> yeah. one, one. Dan,
5: uh, Dan, prediction. Three, one. Three, one. Actually, and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm yeah. gonna say three no. Actually, they're not scoring. They're not scoring. They're not scoring. No, yeah. they won't get a dodgy uh, handball. That was not. That's a nonsense decision as well. And I'm not gonna lie. Actually, yeah,
0: sorry, that, that was uh, that decision was abhorrent. I can't even believe they gave that as a penalty. That was. Yeah.
5: And I I feel like, you know, um, the feeling, the PTSD really hit me as soon as that uh, penalty Mm. was given. I was like, nah, I was visibly rattled because Mm. I was just like, is this going to be one of those days or one of those ties where, you know, things just don't go away? But no, I'm going to say 3-0. I think the boys will do the business tomorrow.
4: Uh, I'll leave it in your good hands. I'm going
6: to go 2-0. I don't see Benfica creating anything by themselves. If they do score a goal, it will be through an Arsenal mistake. Hopefully, that doesn't lead to anything. Touch wood. But um, I do feel that Arsenal should have enough to to go through, um, and it'll be interesting to 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 watch. I, I one thing I would say is, uh, I I'm not sure whether I'd start a Smith okay. Rowe. Uh, um, even though like I sing his praises all the time on Twitter, uh, I'd be interested to see. Uh, Nicola Pepe starting the left, uh, with with be- how high Benfica play, I think uh, if Arsenal do go the long route again like they did in the first leg, it could hopefully reap rewards um, if if Arteta does decide to do that. But hey, that's just me sp- speaking on the Zoom
4: uh, chat. Uh, Are you a saw, bit saw, of a saw... Pepe Stan? Is that is that? It...
6: No, nah, I, I wouldn't say I'm a Stan. No? Uh,
5: Uh, man's distancing
3: himself.
6: (laughs) (laughs) No, um, I
3: wouldn't...
6: (laughs) Oh my God. No, I'm not a stan, but I like the kid.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's, 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 He's just caveating the statement. But to be fair, to be fair, I hear what Artie's saying because... When before the game unfolded, I thought Benfica were just going to sit quite deep and look to hit us on the break. But they did play sort of like a sort of mid-block. Like there was there was a lot of space to get in behind, and you got to think like their centre backs, uh Jan Tonga, who's thirty three, and like Mustafi's seventy
4: five combined, right?
0: And and Mustafi's twin brother Otamendi. Like mm. do you know, what I mean, like there's there's definitely like Otamendi is literally Mustafi's twin. He's he's a clown himself as well, so there's space to be had. So I think yeah, maybe. Probably there's not a need to play both ESR and Odegaard in this match. Um, if they were going to come at us, you know, and, and try to press us, then then I could see you know maybe having another technical player. But I think it might be good to yeah have another option similar to Oba who will get in behind and you know just stretch them a bit more as well because they they have Adil Tarat playing centre mid. Come oh, on, man. I didn't <laughs> even out. notice him in the first game. I like, he wasn't. He wasn't. You know, I kind of
4: looked out for him, but you know, I didn't it. notice him at all. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's, it's weird because they have actually they have actually have like fast swingers like Everton and Pedrinho but I don't know why they didn't play them but yeah They might so, play um, them this game they're, they're, I think they might play them this game so they're very if they do that changes the whole dynamic because those two are very, very fast swingers and that will open up a different dynamic I was quite disappointed by Benfica in the first year because I actually thought they were going to be a lot better than they actually were Well, so... they, they,
4: they haven't been good at all and I know uh, I, I did keep an eye on their result on the weekend they drew 0-0 against a team called Ferenc <laughs> So um yeah good stuff good stuff you know i mean if we can't beat them i think like i said we're going to have to have a real conversation about um about what happens next really but like i said positive vibes only positive vibes only um hopefully we can get the win I- i'm in agreement with all of you i think we will win um i think you know i'd be i, I reckon we- we'll score a few i really do think we in the first leg we could have had four or five you know mm. when you think of Oba's chances and you know a and couple we didn't other... really
5: play well either, you know.
4: Yeah, we didn't play that well, but it was very I felt I thought I thought we were very, very comfortable, and that comfort is always disconcerting because when something like um what happened in the box where they literally <laughs> what just kick it against Emil Smith row and always a penalty. You know, that comfort is very disconcerting because it's like you just know something is round the corner where it's going to go against us. And we haven't capitalized on all our dominance and, you know, just being really comfortable in the game. So I'm hoping lightning doesn't strike twice. But, um, yeah, I'm going for a comfortable win. I think I think 3-0 is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stick my neck out there and go, go 3-0, I reckon. <laughs> With chest. Yeah, with chest. Yeah, free, free <laughs> nil. No, no, yeah. Free, free <laughs> no, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. I'll say it with my chest. Uh, but anyway, art, um, it was fantastic having you on. I hope you've enjoyed the pod. Um, guys, you can find art on Art De Roche on Twitter. You go and read all these pieces on the Athletic. He's a fantastic uh young writer. Um, glad to have you on board on the Arsenal team, giving us all our news and stuff like that. Uh Dan, Sean, great having you on as well. Uh, we should be back tomorrow with a post-match pod on Patreon. So, um, if you enjoy all the instant match reactions and all that stuff, get subscribing to our Patreon. We're close to 100 patrons now, so listen, yeah, get subscribing and get us up to that 100 mark. Um, you know, we work hard, um, so yeah. If if you just enjoyed a free podcast, that's fine as well. Leave us a review on uh, on uh, iTunes and you know follow us on Twitter and all those things. But yeah, if you want to give us a little bit of extra change, you know you can do that as well Um, but yeah, we'll be back with a normal pod anyway next week, Um, guys, take it easy and uh, yeah hopefully I win
3: to 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go and here's Ozil Lacazette, Ozil Baby, welcome to the party I'm off the Maya Zandelion That's why I'm over-retarded That's why I'm over-retarded Baby, welcome to the party huh? I hit the boy up and then I go skating a the uh. Baby, welcome to the party <coughs> Pick some of <coughs> that Give me a Give me on
2: Podcast Network.